0: Hi, this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Mesh Tsunami podcast. This week, we were offering five conversations from episode four, our review of Maslow's Epidemiology and Disease Burden with Zobair Yunasi, plus from The Vault, an epidemiology discussion from back in 2022. In this opening conversation on muscle disease burden, Zobair Yunasi summarizes and expands on some key points from the recent Diabetes Spectrum Review article he co-authored with Linda Henry. Zobair starts by discussing the recent review article titled, Understanding the Burden of Non-Alcoholic Fatty Liver Disease, Time for Action, which he describes as a summary of large body of evidence that's being generated. He points to three pivotal issues. First, the treatment burden associated with muscles and mash, which is extremely high and will grow over time. This is true in the general population, but particularly important for patients with diabetes. Two, the humanistic burden as measured in quality of life scores is also significant. Patients living with Mausole D and MASH report lower QL scores, which translate not only into personal unhappiness, but also poorer worker performance seen in presenteeism and absenteeism. Third, the economic burden of mosel which is significant, but varies in scale and structure from country to country. In every country, key drivers include dietary issues and inactivity. The major cost burden is driven largely by key downstream sequelae of cardiovascular disease and cancer, both HD and extrahepatic, which are the leading causes of death for muscle. Jorn Schottenberg joins the conversation to commend Zobair on his work, which, as Jorn puts it, and I quote, educates us as physicians on where the risk factors and the at-risk populations are, and we're moving that way. I mean, we're trying to focus on patients with diabetes that are more advanced from the hepatologist's perspective, end of quote. Finally, Zobair describes the Markov models of disease cost. His group has already built seven countries and plans to build in more. Key point, muscle is costly everywhere, but the structure of cost and, more importantly, public health solutions will Vary from country to country. Zobair Yunasi has spent decades building a knowledge base that is a significant part of how the world looks at Mozledi patient dynamics and trends today. This discussion encapsulates some of that wisdom in the context of winter 2024. It intrigues while it educates. So just sit back, listen, enjoy, learn. And when you're done, join our dialogue in the LinkedIn discussion group.
1: Zobair Yunasi.
2: I think that this was a review article which is really it was a summary of a large body of evidence that's being generated. The bottom line are a couple of things. One, that the prevalence of MASLD in the general population globally has increased now to about thirty eight percent. So this is a large, large increase. But if you actually focus on the type 2 diabetics. These are the individuals who are, who are at highest risk not only for having LD and MASH, but also higher risk of having adverse event, including mortality. The latest meta-analysis that we performed and it's currently being published is that that prevalence for LD is 68%. But if you look at MASH, in the general population, the prevalence is about 5 to 7% and the type 2 diabetics is about 37%. And about a quarter of those patients actually can have advanced fibrosis so that tells you that the prevalence of MASLD in general has increased, and then in, among those who have really the most severe form of metabolic disease, type 2 diabetes is even higher. And both the visceral obesity and type 2 diabetes is increasing across the globe. So these rates are increasing. We've done another meta-analysis that's currently being peer-reviewed, which is looking at the prevalence of mash cirrhosis globally, and that's also interesting because the prevalence is somewhere between the, the general population is about point three to 1.8 percent so that's a large number of patients when you look we are looking at this and the enhanced data set from the United States the prevalence of nash or masH cirrhosis was about 1.8 percent now if you look at those who already have Nash and when you' or mash and we look at the prevalence of cirrhosis of course that's higher it's about five to six percent but even in general population the numbers are pretty large so that's on the clinical burden of disease we've also been looking at the humanistic burden of Of this disease, meaning patient reported outcome and quality of life. And there is a substantial body of evidence that quality of life of these patients are paired, which is probably primarily driven by fatigue. We have a paper currently that's actually being resubmitted looking at fatigue in different liver diseases. And in fact, liver disease, it's one of the fatigue is a predictor of bad quality of life or other patient reported outcome. And that's not only really important from a patient perspective, but it's also important from a societal perspective because fatigue is a driver of work productivity or lack thereof, which means that the indirect cost associated with muscle D could be substantial because fatigue drives a lower worker productivity, which results in significant indirect economic loss to the society. Now, that is in addition to the direct cost of d which is another project we are currently doing and finalizing. So those are the different aspects of the burden of this disease. When you put this in the context of global burden of disease analysis that we've done, it shows you clearly that in most regions of the world, uh, when you look at GBD data, that the prevalence... In, uh, mortality from MASH and MASH cirrhosis and MASH liver cancer, or HCC, is actually showing an increase in terms of annual percentage change. So every year for over a year, MASH is actually increasing. And on the other hand, if you look at, for example, HCC, cirrhosis, or HCC, especially HCC, in a lot of regions of the world, the burden from hepatitis B related HCC is actually declining. So there is improvement, probably related to vaccination and other things. But for muscle D and MASH, are increasing, and this is also highly driven by both lifestyle of diet, but also inactivity. In fact, our analysis of GBD from Middle East and North Africa suggests that it is driven by you know the metabolic risk factors and diet associated with this, but significant inactivity. That's part of lifestyle that needs to be addressed. So lots of things interconnected, clinical outcomes with humanistic outcomes to the economic outcomes, and, and that what we saw two decades ago when i started in this field that was almost you know 25 30 years ago we were not aware of, of the burden and now we know that it's not just the prevalence that is high that it actually leads to bad outcomes and, and that's liver cancer currently in the united states it's one of the dominant reasons in fact the number one reason to be on the transplant list for Liver cancer in the United States is NASH or MASH. So it's the second indication in general for liver transplant in the United States, and I suspect in a, a number of different parts of the world. So this disease's burden is so wide and multifactorial that that, that impacts every aspect of the different types of outcomes, our outcomes we're looking at.
1: Jaren Schottenberg. Roger, if I if I may just uh, say, yeah, uh, congratulations on the work you've been doing over decades now for this, and really uh, with your team together coming up with a meta analysis from different parts of the world, I always find that as you know, amazing how you oversee all these different developments. If again, if I summarize it, the clinical burden, I think you help us as a clinician to actually look into the right direction, right? So you educate us as physicians on where the risk factors and the, the at-risk populations are, and we're moving that way. I mean, we're trying to focus on patients with diabetes that are more advanced from the hepatologist's perspective, and we're trying to educate the endocrinologists about the prevalence in their practice. And GPs, on the other hand, uh, helping them with uh, the prevalence in their uh, environment and, and uh, help to shape patient referral pathways. So I think that's very important. The patient report outcomes couldn't be underestimated because at the end, that's what counts for a patient, right? How do they feel? And you're able to measure that across all these big populations coming up with meta analysis data for that. Very impressive. And again, congratulations. The financial aspects are very different from country to country. I know we've discussed in the past a cost of inactivity. So the question is, if we don't act on that highly prevalent disease to a certain level level, where, of course, continue to incur costs. And uh, I think that's something you also included in some of your models or you've been discussing with the team. Is that
2: right? I know that, yes, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. That's uh, so important to actually assess and estimate the economic burden in each country based on the reality of that country. So we've been creating a mark Markov model now for, for many years that's, that needs to be updated. and The data needs to be perfected as much as possible. So we have a very, very good model in the moment We've just finished actually assessing the economic burden of uh, D in the United States, where our plan is to actually do six or seven countries, including Germany. Jorn and Michael Roden and Frank Aki are all involved with the German model with us. We go to Spain, we go to Brazil, we go to Saudi Arabia, Japan, potentially Italy, and other countries will come. But I think it'll be important to look at each country that if you really don't, it's really what I call it is, is the you know, not only cost of inaction, but what is the economic burden of the disease. And that means that if you don't do anything as a policymaker, the cost of not doing something just the direct and, and just some of the indirect costs. the indirect cost that we can measure is work productivity loss, as I mentioned before. Uh, that that actually is enormous for countries, and countries need to have policies to address this and promote education about this disease so that we can... You know, remember, if the prevalence of, of mass of is 38%, the number of patients that actually will develop cirrhosis in terms of percentage is relatively small. But because we're dealing with such a big group of patients with MASLD, that small proportion is still is a huge number of populations that we need to deal with. So that is really incredibly important for all stakeholders. In this context, for the policymakers, payers, especially, and payers are different in different parts of the world, to make sure that we address it, that we have policies that will actually recognize mass as one of the most important non-communicable diseases that's, you know, outside the infectious diseases that we talk about, but it would be recognized as one of the important non-communicable diseases in, in the world.
1: And now, back to Roger.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put those in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation or send an email to me, questions at surfingmash.com. We'll be back next week to discuss what new information or product to expect in NIT space in 2024. Until then, stay safe. Surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now.